Thank you for joining us on the Anchor Conversations podcast, where we are bringing your Sunday into your weekday. Our goal is to invite you into the conversation that's happening when we're preaching on Sunday mornings by giving you an opportunity to ask questions and to continue to interact with the text through this podcast. Let's get started. Well, howdy, y'all. How's it going? <laughs> I don't. Okay. That was, that was a little bit kind of, that was kind of like uh, how I've started some of those and I'm trying to lead it. It's like a very awkward start. It's, it's, you're not quite sure, you know, I mean, I just want to let everyone know right before we started, there was a lot of confidence. It was very much like, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. And then he came with the howdy y'all. Um, is that, <laughs> is that because the Cowboys lost in the playoffs? Like what, what was that? Was that a nod to something or what, what happened there? There was no nod. Uh, it was a random outburst. And your face when I said that, what everyone needs to see it. We've been talking about potentially putting these on YouTube for a while. And this may be the push I need for people just to see your facial reaction <laughs> when I say that. Or maybe just even a screen grab. We can try and we can try and screen grab that one. I, what was my face like? Was I just really confused? Was I? Yeah, you you were like, what is wrong with this person? <laughs> Why did you, I think probably what I thought was, yeah, that, that wasn't how I expected you to start that. That sounds yeah. like the way I would start that. That sounds like an, an, that's, you're just never, you're never really like that. You're usually like very, very good at starting these things. That was, that was a little bit you of an know? awkward beginning. That was new year, beginning. new me, new year, new me. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess it is 2024 coming in strong. You know yeah. what? In, in uh, baseball, that's what we call a changeup. You know, you're used to the fastball. I threw the slider. Yeah, well, yeah. Except the difference is, is that that slider went in the dirt and went to the backstop, <laughs> and somebody somebody scored from second. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't say the slider was successful. I just said that. <laughs> it was definitely a slider. It was definitely some sort of something. I'm not sure what it was, but howdy y'all was probably it could have been. And every, you guys can agree with me or disagree with me or listen to this. Might have been the the thing that I would have thought would have come out of your mouth the last. Howdy, y'all. Just that is an interesting way to start this whole thing. So I've been to Texas a couple of times, once or twice. So oh well, yeah. So you've learned it from osmosis, I guess. Yeah, it was you just pick up the been, accent. Yeah, it's been kind of sitting in in the back of your mind. It's been in a file cabinet somewhere. <laughs> At some point, you thought, yeah, I might, I might break that out uh, occasionally. You know, as you're as you're in Austin or Dallas, you just think yeah, there's going to be a time and place that I get to pull out the howdy, y'all. And it's going to be the perfect time and it's going to be the perfect place. And you've been waiting on it for a long time. And the time that you thought was going to be the best time to use this uh, was in an Anchor Conversations podcast in January when it's raining cats and dogs outside. You're welcome, and, everyone. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Just here to just, serve. I guess I guess we could reframe it. There was a, there was a special moment, man. Well it was. done. You know, it Good was job. kind of like, I'll say that I'll share this story and then we can move on. It was kind of like, you know, growing up, my whole family's from upstate New York, but we moved when all of the kids were very young. And but my one of my siblings would sometimes use a an accent from upstate New York for, for various words. Oh. And the rest of us were like, you know, you don't get the accent by being born there. You get the accent by living there, which none of us really have. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's not yeah. like it's not like hereditary. It's you pick it up because you're around it. 
but this particular sibling seemed to just you know want to have an an accent from upstate new york yeah the sibling embodied it just thought i mean even my parents didn't have the accent but this sibling decided that they were going to have it you know hey i got a good idea give us a taste of what that sounds like um i i can't even do it i I can't even do it because it was, I mocked it so much as a kid that I don't know that I could actually pull it out at this point. I hope, I hope at some point your sibling listens to this podcast and hears you bust out howdy y'all and gives it back back to you. One thing I can be sure of is my sibling will not listen to this podcast, but we'll see, you know? All right. Well, who knows? You never know. Maybe someone will send it to him or her. Yeah. Well, anyway, we should. We should move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doing this to us. I immediately de- regret this decision. You derailed us from the beginning. <laughs> we had no we had no chance of getting started on a on a good note here. Um, but anyway, we can we can redeem this by just saying, welcome to the Anchor Conversations podcast, everybody. Thanks for being here this week. We've totally changed roles. Usually this is the other way around, and it's it's great. This is perfect. yeah, yeah. Well You're welcome. Every once in a while, every once in a while, things have to, you know, we got to throw a change up in there. <laughs> totally. All right. So we're talking about um, participation this week. So uh, third sermon in our kind of vision series, um, you preach from Ephesians 1, chapter 20, uh, chapters 20 through 23, sorry, verses 20 through 23. And your big idea was God is at work in this body. Will you participate? Um, and so as we're working through this series, our vision, our values, um, and just where we're headed for the year, what's, what's great about moving to this sermon is vision and values on paper are quite honestly useless and, uh, don't really mean anything if they're only on paper, if we're not participating in that vision and living out those values. Um, so this is kind of the next step as we think about these things. Um, and we got a question sent in, which is awesome. We always love that. So thank you for sending a question in. Um, if you, if you did not send a question in, but you had one that you thought about maybe sending in, uh, shame on you. Just kidding. Uh, but send it (laughs) in next time. Yeah. We'd love, we'd love it. Um, so we'll start with this question that was sent in. Uh, someone texted in and said, are we saying, as you think about God at work in the body, um, this this idea in Ephesians um, chapter one of Jesus being the head of all things. Um, are we saying that the will of Christ is what someone texted in the head of the church, the ecclesia, which is the Greek word, the called out ones are the mechanism by which his will is done in our realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, thanks for asking it. We'll make sure we clarify um specifically maybe maybe what what we're what we're meaning and what we're saying um what maybe maybe the way that i would say it so the the question saying um you know is the church the mechanism by which his will is done in our realm and i would say partly i think it it depends on what you mean by by his will being done um and so i don't know i'm not sure you know where what specifically the slant the slant is on that, or maybe what, what the question is is where it's coming from in terms of his will. So I let me answer it a couple different ways, and hopefully I hit any any iterations of the question. 
Um, I would say, and I, maybe I'd rephrase the, the way that that's said, and I'd say that the body of Christ, Jesus is the head of the church. Um, we are the body. So the body of, of Christ is the mechanism in our realm or in our world, you know, as this created world, the, the world that, that fell uh, in Adam and was redeemed by Jesus. And now we live in this church age awaiting the final um, restoration of all things when Jesus comes again and remakes everything. This realm, this world currently, the church is the mechanism of this world, this realm that God uses. Um, and I would say, maybe not just to do his will, but I'd say to show and demonstrate his grace, his kindness, his beauty, his love, his justice in some ways, his his um, uh, his worth, you know, um, to the community of believers. So to that its particular church, as it as it sees and benefits from the love of Christ and the and the beauty and the grace in which He has demonstrated His own kindness to us and His love to us, and also the community at large. So to those around us, as as ambassadors, if you will, for Him. Um, Maybe, maybe another way um, to say that would be um, he's at work in the church body to show us himself, to show us himself. And, and um, also he works in and through the church body to accomplish the great commission, um, to go out into the world, to make disciples of all nations, to, to show the world his own goodness and grace. You know, God himself um, can do anything. He's not limited. So, so there's a lot of things he's going to do his will again, I don't know the scope of that word that, that would not necessarily be the church's, um, you know, I guess, uh, the church's, oh, responsibility to do, or the, the, the ways that he'd use us, you know, his, his ultimate, um, you know, justice, for example, you know, he, he's going to return and he's going to make all things new or his, you know, the way that he is working in individual believers, um, to show them himself and to, you know, to demonstrate through the spirit, his own, his own working and what, you know, the, the intimacy that he wants to have with the individual believer and their own relationship with him and how he's working in them. You know, there's his will for them is something that that's, that's God's doing in the individual believer. Um, you know, I would say maybe even, even to flip it and go the other way, you know, as we're, we're growing in our intimacy with God and it's, it should, that intimacy, intimacy, as we see, um, that we are the beloved of Christ and that we are walking that out and, and, you know, we, we're going to experience things like hardships or trials or persecutions or opposition or whatever that might be, you know, we, we can see some of those oppositions, maybe even in the new Testament, um, where they were dealing with an emperor in Rome that just did not, you know, at the very beginning was not for them. Um, you know, and yet, and yet the, the writers of the new Testament say, you know, honor the emperor, um, which seems weird. You know, what, what does that mean? Um, but as you deal with those hardships and sufferings and loss or pain, trials, opposition, you know, you, you, you withstand those things. Um, and the will of Christ in us is to walk tomorrow in more trust than we did today, even if we're going through those things, because it demonstrates that we trust the King who has been good and has been kind. And, you know, I think let's just go back to, let's not even talk about our day. Let's talk about the new Testament day in Rome, you know, as the church, as the church lived their lives in obedience to Christ, being the hands and feet, demonstrating the kindness of God and the 
grace of God and the love of God and, and telling the world about him in the great commission, it was in the midst of a lot of that opposition actually that they were getting where they found uh, the people found him because they realized like, man, these people, um, they are sold out for this, for the God that they're worshiping. What is going on? You know, and they're trying to kill Paul, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, they do kill all the apostles, you know, they're, they're just, there is a, there is a number of things going on that don't, don't seem like it's accomplishing the will of God, or maybe we can look at and say, you know, we have to be an army to accomplish the will of God in this world. And I'd say, well, if you're talking about being an army, it's not the, it's not the crusader army, you know, marching into Israel and Jerusalem, you know, um, you know, years and years and years ago that in the name of Jesus, we're going to go slaughter people and try and reclaim, you know, you look at the new Testament, you're like, is that again, I, I don't know. Cause I wasn't there in those rooms talking, but you kind of look at it from the outside and you're like, it'd be hard for me to see, um, that that's what Jesus is calling us to as the church. Um, I, I think what he's calling us to is in the midst of hardships, we stand up for true things. We, we speak of true things. Uh, we model grace and true things and love and true things and mercy and forgiveness. And we do so because we have a God who can change us and, and absolutely, you know, you know, show himself to the world through us. It, it is the, it is the, the head of the church, Jesus moving by his own, you know, his own desires for the, the calling of the church, that great commission, um, to, uh, to do the things that he's calling us to do. So I think in, in one way, this is why it's a hard question to answer. Cause in the one way I'd say, well, yes, if, if we're talking about his will being, um, to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, then yes, he's using the church to do that. And, and in doing that, that discipleship takes place. So, so we see people grow, we see people get baptized. We see people, you know, um, in their suffering moments, trust the Lord. We come alongside people and we pray for them. We're proclaiming the gospel of, of Jesus Christ to those around us. And we're seeing people come to saving faith in him and we're rejoicing with them and we're caring for the needy. And, you know, we're not doing all those things just because we have something to do. We're, we're doing all those things because of our, because of, of the one who is the head of the body, who's saying, this is what I'm asking you to do in the world. This is your mission. This is your calling. This is what we're asking you to do. So I, Tyler, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that that answers any sides of that question that are there. I just, um, if we have any clarification, you're welcome to, to clarify. Yeah. I was thinking, um, we, you and I were talking actually on Sunday before you preached, we were just talking about the sermon, talking about stuff. And we were reflecting on how, I guess, kind of crazy it is that Jesus, uh, by choice, um, uh, almost in, in some ways, don't take the analogy too far, but ties himself as a head to the body. And he didn't need to do that. Um, you know, Ephesians 1 could have said, you know, Jesus was appointed as um, as the one uh, over the church while everyone in the church just sits and watches what he does. Like he could be the, the star on the field while the church is in the stadium watching. Um, but that's not what God chose to do. That's his choice. He could do anything. He's God. So on the one hand, uh, can he accomplish his will however he wants? Yeah. I mean, Jesus says in Luke 19, if they didn't cry out, the rocks would. 
right? When people are praising him uh, during the triumphal entry and the Pharisees are saying, silence them. And he says, well, if they didn't cry out, even the rocks would. So Jesus can accomplish his, his will. He can get glory however he wants, but he's chosen to do it through his body, which is honestly pretty crazy <laughs> um, that when we think about the fact that we are, are, are that body um, and you go, wow, Jesus, you want to work through me? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. I start a podcast with, Hey y'all, what <laughs> you don't want to use me. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Occasionally <laughs> uh, every now and then I do that, you know? Um, so the fact that he does choose to use the body is crazy. And, you know, to your point about how that functions, the body can't the, the actions of the body have to reflect the character of the head um you know the body can't operate in a way that's not reflective of the person and work and revelation of jesus and so if the body is operating in a way that's not in line with the ethic of jesus and the heart of jesus and all of that then then you have to go all right well then we're not doing our job then we're not accomplishing the will of christ in that moment we're we're accomplishing something else and and even in his just sovereignty and in his um, his goodness, he'll use that too to bring us to repentance. And then that'll accomplish his will. So he's still going to use it, but we're not always reflective of his will. So, yeah, I guess there's a lot there. It's a pretty deep dive. Uh, that that's a great, that's a great question. Cause that's a, you know, there's a lot of theology behind the ecclesia, mm-hmm. which just, which just means those called out in congregation or, or it'd be, it'd be very similar everybody to like um, how Israel was called out in the old Testament for God's as God's people. Um, yep. The church is now called out um, essentially in the same way. It's the same way God's working. It's just not a, no longer a nation. It's a, it's a, it's a congregation of nations brought together to, to be God's people. And so um, it's a, it is a great question. Love to dialogue more. If you have more questions, I'm going to follow up. Um, love to talk more about it. So are you saying the uh, the ecclesia is the United Nations? <laughs> um, no, nope, didn't say that. Um, it's it's a uniting of people from every nation. <laughs> oh, okay, good clarification. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to what God is doing in our congregation. Um, you shared that impact report, uh, something that we had also sent out in the newsletter. Um, so hopefully everyone already saw it because everyone signed up for the newsletter and uh, actually opens it and reads it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, guys. Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, so you shared that impact report. As you think about that, as you look at those numbers, is there something in particular that you are most encouraged by? Is there something that jumps out at you that is most encouraging to you? Um. I, that's a hard question. Cause I feel like everything is encouraging to me. Um, maybe, maybe if I could, if I could just cop out of this one and if this is a cop, out, I'll give you a really, I'll give you a more specific answer, but I would just say, when I look at this impact report from the, you know, the growth that we've had, um, 24% increase, which is amazing in, in a year, um, 13 baptisms, 13 new families that are joined us and been, been a part of the church body. Um, from how many, how many, you know, people are, um, not just kids are not just in anchor kids or in student ministries, you know, with anchor youth, but who are volunteering, you know, to people that are looking, looking to disciple the next generation to, 
you know, those 70 people served on a team, um, 49 people are in community groups and 35 are active in huddles and, and all the ways then also, I mean, there's a breakdown of some of the monies, you know, $13,000 to counseling scholarships and $7,500 to benevolence and 11, you know, almost $12,000 to youth camp scholarships. And we have global missions at almost 20 grand and a community outreach at almost 4,500 about 4,500. I, I look at all of that and the picture that I'm getting um, you know, I could be encouraged by any one of those things. The picture that I'm getting is that actually represents our our mission and our values. Like I, I look at that and I think, you know, inviting people to live generously for Jesus in all of life. I look at this and I'm like, that is that is actually like the mission at work. Like it actually is. And when I think about being purposely biblical, discipleship going on, you have, you know, you have um, people that are that are um, in, in community groups and, you know, in huddles and they're, and they're looking to get connected and, you know, joyfully generous with their giving and their time given and their, you know, the hospitality. And I, you know, from being, um, passionately one, you see just, uh, uh, people in groups, you know, that they're just gathering together relentlessly outward. You see baptisms taking place and new families coming in. I just think like, I look at it and I think that this, is a wonderful snapshot. Um, and I, you know, I wish that we had done this every year. Um, and, and I, we, we haven't, this is the first year we've done this and we're going to do this every year from here on out. So we can kind of see this year to year. I hope that you, as you looked at this, uh, were encouraged by it. I hope that the, your, your initial thought was like, well, that's actually really encouraging and it should be encouraging because it's the body being the body. And for Anchor, you know, as we get together, it, it does embody both our mission and our values. We could have an impact report that, um, you know, that embodies some of our values, but not the mission or, or our mission, but none of the values or, you know, the mission and one value. But I look at this and I'm like, man, you can just see both our mission and our values at work. And so even this past week's sermon, as I was talking about God being at work, he is at work and you guys are all a part of that. You know, you've been a part of that. And if you're new, you're a part of that too. If you've been here for a month, you've been a part of this. Um, I was just talking to somebody recently who's been, who's been with us for, for just a, a little bit, but I said, you're, you're a veteran compared to people, newer people. I mean, there's new people, newer people than you, like you've been here longer and that should be encouraging. And you're a part of the, so I just think that as you think about this um, church member, if you're listening to this, be encouraged. God is, God is at work. God is doing something. This is the body being the body. It's the church being the church. And the call to um, participation isn't, isn't because the large majority of you aren't participating. It's just, it's to remind us that our participation is largely dependent upon um, us. Like, as we think about it, you can be a part of what God's doing in all of this, or you can watch it from the outside you know, I think you're going to, you're going to be around it. It's good. But I would just, it's a call more to say like, Hey, if you didn't see what God's up to, and if you don't know, let, let's just take a look at what God's up to and get in on this, get in on this, everybody. Like it's so encouraging to see these things and to know, you know, to have been a part of talking to the new families that are here and the baptisms that have happened and all these things. I, it's just, I'm encouraged by that. I think, I think that'd be the main encouragement that I would have. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think one of the things that jumps out to me is the community group and um, huddle involvement. We talked last year about, um, I think towards the middle of the year, just about the the levels of depth that we get from each gathering of the church. Um, 
And, you know, from the top level, you have like a Sunday morning gathering and then community groups would be anchor communities would be, uh, you know, kind of that next level of depth going a little, you know, going deeper together. And then huddles would be even deeper than that. And um, so to see that we have that many people that are eager to be going deep to, you know, with one another is just super encouraging to me. That's, I mean, it, it's, a, you can still just kind of drift through the Christian life if you are in an anchor community or in a huddle, but it's a heck of a lot harder. Whereas if you're only coming on Sundays, it can be really easy to just drift through the Christian life and feel like, yeah, I'm okay. I went to church on Sunday. You know, I went to church, you know, once this month or whatever, but when you're really sitting down and sharing life together, it's a lot harder to drift. And so as we think about just our goal as a church to our mission to invite people to live generously for Jesus in all of life, that um, those huddles in those anchor communities, to me, like you're probably experiencing some generosity and what I, you know, not obviously maybe, maybe financially, but more relationally, if you're involved in those on a deep level. And so that was, I mean, th those jump out to me, those numbers are super encouraging. Um, and if you're not in one, I encourage you to, to jump in, be a part mm -hmm. of a huddle, be a part of an anchor community. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, no, that's great. And, uh, thanks to, to Aaron for putting that impact report together. That was Yeah. Aaron excellent. did Aaron spearheaded that he was, he was really excited to do it. I think he had a kind of a vision for it and he walked that through and, and, um, man, I, I just saw that when he sent it to me for the first time, I was kind of taken aback, like, Whoa, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. this is really good to see, you know, I'm really yeah. grateful for him, for him doing that. So thank Aaron. Um, who's, if you, maybe you're new to the church, you don't know who Aaron is. Aaron's one of the elders at the church. Um, you'll see him sitting in the front. If you don't know who he is, come ask me and I'll, I'll point him out to you. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So as we think about, uh, and, and again, we kind of even kind of talked about this a little bit on Sunday, you and I did, but anytime we talk about participation, church involvement, whether it's giving, serving, showing up, whatever it is, inevitably there's going to be people in the room who feel guilty. Um, sometimes and, and, and not because they're not involved. Sometimes, you know, we feel guilty, even though, Others would look at our level of involvement and go, man, you're really involved. And yet we're still, we're just hyper aware of the ways that we could be doing more, or maybe we should or whatever. Um, so, or, or there's people there that go, yeah, you know what, this is hitting me, you know, and I feel bad because I'm not here or I'm not participating, whatever it may be. So do you have any words for someone who feels guilty about their level of participation or their just complete lack of participation or, you know, really minimal participation? Do you have words for someone who's feeling the guilt about that? I would, I would say, I, I don't want you to feel guilty. Um, cause guilt and shame and those things are not, they're not good motivators. I, you know, part of the reason, part of the reason this sermon was more about, um, you know, seeing what God's doing and just choosing to participate is more because I want I want you you guys not to be motivated by feeling guilty that you're not doing X Y or Z. You know I, I said this in the sermon. I, I I believe this. I'm learning these things even more. You know as 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 I go. I'm I'm in a spiritual formation cohort, a two year thing right now. And there's just a lot of things I'm even God's just showing me. And one of the things that I, I just feel like I'm more and more convinced of is um, you know the the Christian life. 
in in western um, in western civilization maybe i should say in the in the american model that we're all kind of familiar with if we're not careful can be and i and i think you know we can be any of us can be as guilty as i can be guilty of that in pre preaching i'm sure uh, of this can be a, th a thought of like you know the christian life is just me being a better version of me me being being a holier version of me yesterday me being a, a better doer of things than i was yesterday now there is application so there you know there's live it out points we want to say heck we live out the bible and it's not that but um one of the things that we we want to make sure we we're hitting and that your your understanding is when it comes to participating in the church body and the call for for us to have you do that to be a member of this church to be a partner with this uh, a participant and partner with us in the mission and values and to be a meaningful member um you know that is a call for you to do that but one of the things that we're hoping that's happening as you're in huddles or community groups and one of the things that we're going to be i think pushing on a little bit more even this year um you know as even as i'm thinking about sermon applications is that your your christian life isn't about you being a becoming a better version of you it's about you recognizing that god loves you that he's at work in you and among you whether you see it or not god is working all around you in his patience and grace and kindness and the call is just to say hey get in on this like you can choose to join in what god's doing more than you are now by seeing it by recognizing it by leaning into what he's doing in your life we can we can resist it at times we can ignore it at times we can be mad about it at times um but if it flows if it flows from the the idea that um i am i am as a christian beloved of god and and, the, and as a church member you know i mean the, the new testament authors and john in particular calls the church beloved all the time you know that the bride of christ the the that's a mixed metaphor from even the head and the body but the the bride of christ meaning that he loves us uniquely Christ, christian he loves you uniquely you are you and so as you think about that and as you as you lean into the intimate love that god has for you the natural outworking of that intimate outflow of that is, hey, how can I be a part of what God loves just as much as me, which is the, the gathering of believers as the bride of Christ. He loves you individually as you, as a believer, he set his love upon you. And he's uniquely set his love upon the church as we gather. And then therefore we go out and do the things that God's calling us to do. And we, we, we have the great commission. The great commission isn't just because, man, I got to check a box. Reading your Bible isn't just because, man, I, I, I got to check this box. If I don't get it done, I feel guilty. Uh, prayer isn't just about, ah, I just gotta, you know, I gotta, I got four minutes. I heard someone say this recently. Sometimes we think about prayer as I got four and a half minutes to convince God to change my life. And then I'm going to go throughout my day. And if he doesn't change it in the next four and a half minutes, I'm going to be really disappointed. Um, as opposed to me just recognizing, Hey, look, I know God's working around me. I am going to pray. Um, I want, I want God to do things more than anything. I just want to know him. So I think that, you know, in discipleship and what we're doing, and even the call to be a part of the, the church body is a call to recognize that you are a part of the, the beloved church as a beloved person of God to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus into the world. And that's not something you have to do. 
I think it's something we get to do. It's like, man, this is a, this is a privilege of the the Christian to be able to sit um, in a in a fellowship of other Christians, imperfect Christians, as we gather together, um, and sing songs and talk about Him and take communion and laugh together and get together midweek and talk about Him or the Scriptures and be known and know each other and hopefully go out into the community and be purposely biblical and joyfully generous to the community around us and each other and to be passionately one because he calls us love, love one another um, because I've loved you, you know, like this, I've set my love on you, love each other um, to, um, to relentlessly outward, you know, as we live our mission to do that, not because, oh boy, I feel guilty. I have a box to check. It's because, it's because we're choosing to say, Lord, I, I know that you love me and you're at work in me. Let me, let me, um, I want to be like, I want to be part of it. Would you let me see it? Let me be closer to this. And we can choose to live our life on our own, everyone, and just kind of let the church be the church. And we kind of do our own thing. Um, or we can say, no, I, I want to be an integral member, you know, of, of the church body. Um, I want, I want to be someone, you know, sometimes, um, I think that those guilty feelings can come because you feel like you're, you're one, either you're not meeting the expectations of another, which might be um, how, why you're feeling guilty. Cause you feel like you're not meeting my expectations of you, or it could be because um, you're convicted because you know, you're aware of like, man, I, I know that I the church is the place I need to be, but you just made choices to not. So if it's the first one where you're feeling guilty, cause I have expectations of you, you're not meeting. Let me just, let me just say this. I love you no matter what. Um, you know, I do, I want you to experience some of the fullness of this. Yeah. But at the same time, I want it to be because you're God's talking to you and you're walking through it, you know, with him. I'm happy to be a part of that conversation. If you have questions for me, if it's the second where there's a conviction, it's not guilt, but it's just, you're feeling convicted because you're like, man, I haven't been a part of the body. I, I know I should have been doing, you know, jumping into this or, um, I haven't been serving. I know I'm, I know I, I likely should. People are serving me, and so I know I'm, I'm not doing that. And if I, you know, and you have this, you you have this thought. Maybe, oh, maybe I should. It's the spirit talking to. You. I'd say lean into that, um, but don't feel guilty over it. Lean into it and say, hey, I, I want to be obedient to what God's calling me to do to serve serve one another, to love one another, to lean into that, and then sit back and ask Him, like Lord, in Your grace and Your love would you show, show me where you're working in me? I just want to see it. And in the church body is the impact reports. Great. Maybe you look at the impact report and you're like, man, that wasn't my experience last year. Didn't seem like we had that. And I'd say, well, um, yeah, maybe, maybe we're not always going to see everything as it goes on. But when you look at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, God, God was doing something. And um, I'm just eager for all of you, you know, that are, that are part of this church and calling it your church home to be, to be in, I mean, to be in on the groups, to be in community, to find, to again, to be known, to know others, to point each other to know Jesus, to, to live a life where God sends you on, mission, on a mission to talk to your neighbor. And, and not only do you do that, but then he says, okay, I've set my love upon your neighbor. And you get to sit back and go, really? I never thought that he would do that. 
you know, and you're like, yeah, let's baptize that person, you know, and we get to be a part of that together. I mean, that's the joy of, that's the joy of knowing Jesus, I think. And that's the joy of knowing Jesus together. Um, So, so please take any of those calls to action as uh, motivated by ways in which I think we can follow him. And, and I want to make sure we're doing that out of the proper motivation, which is he loves us and we love him. And, um, and therefore the natural outflow of that kind of intimacy with him is obedience, like obedience to the call, but to holiness, to, to, to be a part of the church body, to live for him and all those things. So I guess those, that's how I'd answer that. If you're feeling guilty, please, please don't feel guilty. Um, but, if, but, that, but do just evaluate, Hey, are there ways in which I can, I can go from being, you know, um, some sort of part of the body that is asleep you know, I slept on my arm wrong. It's asleep. I can't use it. It's not moving to like, Hey, let's wake it up, man. Like let's, what can, what can we, what can God do through you? Um, and what does he want to do through you as the the one he loves, you know, as he's thinking about. Yeah. The one thing I'll just add to that quickly is um, if you are feeling guilty, the, something you can do is go and read the rest of Ephesians one before the passage that we got to uh, the, the section that we got to on Sunday. So read all of, Ephesians chapter one, it's not that long, but read it with this with two questions in mind. One, who is the one acting? And what's my contribution would be the second question, because what you're going to find is the one acting in Ephesians one, which is just this glorious passage about the lavish grace and love of God on us. You're going to find that it's all God acting and it actually really has nothing to do with your performance. Ephesians 1, Paul starts by talking about how God chose us before the foundation of the world. He predestined us knowing your church participation in 2023, he or lack of thereof, he predestined you for adoption as sons and daughters through Christ. Uh, he wanted you. And that's where we got to start. So if you're feeling guilty, start there. Read Ephesians 1, recognize how often it says his will, his plan, his wisdom, his, 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 it's all about him. It's all about his work. Um, and, and then remember that the place where he wants you to experience the fullness of, or, or the depth of that grace and that love is in his body and let those two things just be an encouragement to you. Yeah. Um, you know, cause man, God has been, it, it's just an understatement to say he's been gracious to us. Yeah. Um, and we're going to, after this series, starting um, after this Sunday, this is Compassion Sunday, by the way, please come. Um, we want to give a vision for being a part of um, missions this way. Um, but uh, starting in February, we're going to start the book of Ruth and really see the kindness of God. I, I mean, I just think that there is, there is so much there. Uh, you know, I'm look, really looking forward to that. So please just be eager, be leaning in and be all in with us. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's do it starting uh, with your your huddles and your communities this week and uh, looking forward to Compassion Sunday. All right, everybody. See you on Sunday. All right. See ya. Thank you for taking the time to join us today as we brought your Sunday into your weekday. Our hope and prayer is that you continue pressing into the Lord and applying the Bible to your life as you seek to honor Jesus as King. We'd encourage you to continue this conversation with God through reading the Word and praying 
and to continue this conversation with other Christians at your anchor huddles and your anchor communities. We look forward to worshiping King Jesus with you this Sunday and to talking to you again on the podcast next week.